This episode of Ask the Pokedexpert is brought to you by Experience Plus Daycare. Choosy Inovan trainers know that the best daycare facilities in the world are the ones that allow your Pokemon to behave as they would naturally. At the Experience Plus Daycare, they pride themselves on their state-of-the-art facility that allow your Pokemon to relax in their own natural way with as little human inter interaction and supervision as possible. They feature a luxurious lounge area where your precious companions can mingle with others and make deep connections with other Pokemon. With more than enough space to avoid Pokemon they don't get along with, we can guarantee productive playtime for your Pokemon. If you're in the Unova region or just by for a visit, stop by Route 3 near Narserene City and get your Pokemon laid down in one of our Experience Plus Daycare's beds. Now, on to the show. Ask the Poka Dexpert. <laughs> Hello friends, welcome to Ask the Pokedexpert, where we take audience questions and pick the brain of our special guest expert. I'm your host, Anthony Reed. Joining me this week, I am so pleased to have a special guest who is brand new to this incarnation of the show. Uh, you know, many people have asked me about the show since its departure from more widespread uh mainstream media uh roots that it once had and i i tell them i think we've blossomed into something special coming live to the internet in podcast form from my basement this is the best possible version of this show and i am so excited that our guest could come and be a part of this version of events and really try to uh to stake a claim as as being uh, the first guest to uh, impress our audience uh here with his impressive knowledge uh, and I am talking of course about the foremost expert in Pokemon biology anatomy and social biology and his new book the Rhyhorn with glue on shoes and other surprising true stories of Pokemon Center attendants and their patients is available now it's Pokedexpert Mike Ellison thank you for being here Mike I really appreciate the the invitation Anthony and it's it's great to hear from you you know uh, we we were all worried about you I'm glad to hear that things are going well. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm just uh, very excited to uh, share this space that I've been in for the basically since I left the radio. I've just been down here uh, and now I get to bring it to the world. And so I'm very excited to share this with you and with all of our listeners. Oh, that's excellent. You know, the, it sounds almost as good. This is going to be great. So tell us a little bit about your new book. Uh, I'm very excited to hear some of the stories of real life uh, Pokemon Center attendants and and the things that they deal with on a regular basis. Yeah, uh, you know, we collect a lot of stories being out on the road, being in so many different places all the time. You know, working with so many of the the top the top minds in, uh, you know, in Pokemon studies. You know. Uh, between Professor Elm and Professor Juniper and Professor Kukui, you know, all over the world, uh, I've really had a lot of fun uh, collecting some of the some of the tales from the road, if you will. You know, this is almost like uh, my way of sharing my autobiography with everyone else through the lens of the Pokemon that I've been able to interact with and study. That's that's fascinating. I'm very excited to dig into it. Uh, it, it looks like it's going to be full of 
fantastic story. So so make sure you head over to Amazon or, or wherever you buy books nowadays and, uh, and and try to get yourself a copy of this book. I think you will find it absolutely worthwhile. Absolutely. You know, I, I do want to say be careful uh, not to purchase the book from a, a less reputable source, you know, uh, it seems a couple of copies have gotten out into the wild uh, pre-edits. And so uh, I just want to make sure that you're buying them from a from a reputable source. You know, um, if you see it, if you see it for less than twenty five dollars, chances are you're going to be getting an unauthorized copy. I also think it's important now for us to speak out against the concept of theft of intellectual property when it comes to the research and the writings of Pokemon researchers like yourself. Uh, there's a lot of material out there in the wild that is seems attractive and free to download, but you wouldn't download a car. You know, so just make sure that you are not uh, taking the money right out of the pockets of these Pokemon researchers who, if they don't get paid for these writings, they're not likely to continue to do this kind of research. And it's so vital. Gosh, you know, I really appreciate your saying that, you know, it's too bad uh, that we live in the type of world where ultimately that is true. You know, it's it's crucial for us to be able to continue our research by being funded uh, by by you, the listener, or the reader. Uh, to the things that we've created. And so with that in mind, you know, I have launched a Patreon. Uh, feel free to check that out uh, later on. You know, if you want to go stop by and donate a few extra dollars, uh, you know, I I would certainly really appreciate it. I, Gosh, you know, I wish I could give out all of my content for free. I wish we lived in a society that cared about the arts enough to 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 support us in a way, you know, and, and cared about research and knowledge and, and, and the sharing of information to make sure that everyone was on the same, you know, the same page as far as uh, Pokemon biology and social biology and evolution. It's that, that is it's so too I'm, bad. I am just so thankful that that is something that you've done. Please everyone uh, head to the, to Mike, the Pokedexperts Patreon page, support him so that he can continue to write best-selling books uh, that, that he can bring to the masses. Uh, if he doesn't have your support, he can't bring those books to market and that will just be sad. And I, I hope you don't mind uh, if I just plug the link here. Uh, it's patreon.com slash Pokedexpert. Again, that's uh, patreon.com slash Pokedexpert, P-O-K-E-D-E-X-P-E-R-T. Huh, okay. Uh, well, that's fine. Um, no, no, I, you know, I understand where you're, uh, where you're, you know, well, why don't I, we move on? Um, so Yeah, it's short. It's short for Pokemon Expert. Okay. <clears throat> this week we're talking about uh, a fan favorite Pokemon that I'm so excited to talk to Mike here about. Uh, it's Jolteon. And uh, according to the Pokedex, Jolteon is a two foot seven uh, and weighs about 54 pounds. Uh, it can absorb electricity and it's known for being quick on its feet. Uh, interestingly, this is, interestingly, this species is predominantly male with only 12 and a half percent or so of the population being female. And the community has a lot of questions about the lightning Pokemon for our Pokedexpert. Are you ready, Mike? I cannot wait. I am especially excited this week. You know, when you had reached out to me and told me that we would be talking about Jolteon, I couldn't believe it. Jolteon is my favorite Pokemon. That is serendipitous. I'm very excited to talk to you about this. 
All right, let's get right into it. So right off the bat, we have a good question here. Uh, it says, what safety precautions do you recommend for dealing with Jolteon? Do I have to wear gloves to pet them? You know, this is a question I get a lot. Uh, who submitted this question? Cautious in Cinewood. Great question, Cautious. You know, I think it's important uh, that anytime we deal with a Pokemon that we, you know, are maybe uh, less familiar with or, you know, concerned about its its danger levels, right? I think, I think gloves are always a good choice, specifically with electric-type Pokemon. I always recommend a good pair of sturdy leather or rubber gloves. I think... You can never be too safe, you know, and certainly with a Pokemon as um, emotionally variable as a Jolteon, uh, it's it's always a good idea until you can really read where that Jolteon is at, you know, until you've really formed that bond with them. Gloves are always a good idea. I think it's also important to remember that these creatures are living creatures and that their emotions are tied to these biological uh, byproducts. Responses. Yeah, responses yeah. that they have. Absolutely. And so sometimes, you know, they can't help it. You can't blame a Jolteon for maybe uh, producing a little electricity. That's just the if, way the Pokemon works. Yeah. If you were to blame a Jolteon for its electricity, I mean, that would be... That would be ridiculous. You know, these aren't uh, domesticated animals by any means. Sure, they form bonds with people in a very harmonious way, but that takes work, you know, in just the same way as you wouldn't blame uh, your partner for having a tough day at work uh, and feeling upset when they came home. You shouldn't feel uh, any sort of uh, animosity toward a Jolteon who, who might shock you sometimes. I, I think that's a, a great point. You cannot expect uh, these creatures to behave the same way every single time you see them every single day. Uh, you know, when you walk up to these creatures, the, the nice thing about them is that they have personality. They have heart. And, and, and you're going to have to deal with uh, the repercussions of maybe uh, them not always being on the same page as you, even if you have a strong bond. Absolutely. You know, uh, that actually reminds me one of the stories that I tell in uh, Ride On With Glued On Shoes is about a temperamental Jolteon, you know? Uh, I think I think everyone's been there with one of their Pokemons at times. Uh, behavior being a little surprising, right? Uh, turns out this Jolteon actually was one of that 12% female Jolteon. Hmm. And she was pregnant. Oh, you know, and, and the the poor thing, uh, you know, she doesn't speak English, right? She doesn't she doesn't she doesn't have the ability to communicate uh in in a way that her owner was uh you know able to understand. And so one day he came home and he found her and she was just, you know, a little moody. Uh, which makes sense. If I had a bunch of tiny EVs carrying around inside of me, I would probably be pretty moody too. This is, you know what I mean. These are these are the kinds of stories I cannot wait for in your book, uh, Rye, the Rhyhorn with glued on shoes and other surprising t true stories of Pokemon Center attendants and their patients. Available now. Yeah, I don't want to spoil the rest of the story, but let me tell you, 
those EV pups. Oh, Anthony, you should have seen them. I would, they were so... Oh. I would not be shocked to learn just how cute they are. Hopefully one day you'll get to see. Uh, so let's move on to the next question here. Uh, I have, Absolutely. I have Absolutely. one here. Uh, do Jolteon have teeth from James in Massachusetts? Oh, I mean, all right, uh, James, I feel like, uh, you know, we on the show, we've started adopted this idea that maybe you send in a, a clever pseudonym to uh, uh, accompany your, your question. And that's fine. We'll, uh, we'll just work on it for the future. Yeah, maybe something like uh, for this question, right? You could do uh, chewed on in Cherry Grove. Oh yes, perfect. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, although, I mean, it's it's probably best if you are actually where you're from, you know. But but you know, wherever you Massachusetts here, I guess like uh, masticated in Massachusetts. Sure, sure. You know, there are there are a great number of options you could have here for a uh, a viable nickname that would help carry through the resonance of this question and, and, and really allow uh, the gravitas of it to come through, but still be playful and fun. Sure. Uh, you know, the last time I was in Massachusetts, I saw a town called Tewksbury. Oh, you could do Toothless in Tewksbury, oh, right? Oh, I love that. That's so clever. You know, that's... God, that is so clever. You know, when you start writing a lot, words start to come to you, you know, and, and the way that they play with each other in your head is just so fun. So, um, you know, James, do you, do you find I, that these words, as you begin to, to craft these stories about Pokemon that, you know, these are all your researching, your understanding, your writing. Some of these are, uh, similar skills, Right. But but the research sure. side of your of your world and the writing side of your world can be very different. How do you marry the two of those to, to allow oh. for such beautiful pieces of work? Wow. Uh, first off, thank you so much for all the kind words, Anthony. That really means a lot to me. Um, the question itself, you know, that's really where I think my strength lies. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say necessarily that I am the most creative, uh, nor would I say that I am the most learned. Uh, I just think that right in the middle of those two things where I can take the knowledge that I have and I can package it in a, in a way that entertains and explains and, and, you know, illuminates the experience of the reader. Uh, that's kind of where I live. You know, I think that's, that's my real strength. Uh, by far, there are there are certainly smarter people than me uh, in the Pokemon research fields. Uh, there are certainly better writers, you know, in the in the in the fiction fields at least. You know, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe not nonfiction. I feel like I'm 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 up there. Uh, you know, I don't I don't mean to to pat my own back too hard here to toot my own horn too loudly here, but. Bragging is only a problem if it's false, right? So uh, you, you, I think, are, are are well within your bounds as one of the the greatest researchers we've ever had on the show uh, to really uh, talk about your accomplishments. Thank you so much. You know that means a lot to me. Uh, I know the list of experts that you've had on the show is just astounding. Uh, you know, it's really amazing. And so to be to be ranked at the top of that list is very special to me. 
so let's move on to the next question here. Uh, oh yeah, of course. We should definitely be taking questions from from the folks that listen to the show. I think that's really important to answer every question that's submitted by anyone that listens to the show uh, or has a question about the Jolteon. You know. My favorite Pokemon. Yeah, we try to get to as much as we can. Obviously, uh, not every question that gets submitted uh, is gonna. We're gonna have the time for, but we try to give a true, uh, a deep connection to every question that we read on the air. I think it's important that we really dig deep on these and, and get to the bottom of them. So uh, let's get started with this one. Uh, could you explain why a Thunderstone turns an Eevee into a Jolteon? And do they have to eat the stones or do they just have to touch them? And this is from Perplexed in Pallet Town. Oh, that's a great question, Perplexed. You know, uh, the last time I was in Pallet Town, actually, uh, funny story. Uh, you know, we were just hanging out right there in the town center. And sure enough, rustling in the tall grass. And what's that? A Caterpie. Oh. Just right there in the middle of town. Like it was no thing. You know what I mean? Just beautiful moments. I love Pallet Town. Uh, so anyway, perplexed. To answer your question, you know, I think something that people don't really understand about Eevee is their evolutionary process. You know, Stones are a little outdated, right? Like it's a little, uh, it's a concept that I know, uh, you know, grandmothers and great grandmothers have been repeating for, you know, generations at this point that, oh, if you want your Eevee to turn into a Jolteon, you need to keep a rock near it. That, you know, that, that idea is just so silly and outdated. Uh, you know, science has proven that depending on where your Eevee is from and what its parentage is has a lot more to do with what type of evolution you're going to receive far more, far more than any sort of environmental factors or, you know, uh, feeding factors or what you make their beds out of, you know, that's just... It's a cute idea, and I'm sure that in certain places where, say, you know, uh, historically the genetics have have tended toward Jolteons, right, uh, and also the geology unearths a lot of thunderstones when they're, you know, when you're building houses out of the brick in the in the area, you know, I think a lot of those things just kind of coincided with one another for a long time and people uh people had tended to conflate them you know what i mean this is fascinating because i lived i've lived under this misconception for a long time before this conversation if you'd asked me i would have told you uh that uh seeking out thunderstones and obviously everyone knows they don't work immediately it's not the kind of thing you just like put the stone near an Eevee and poof, it's a Jolteon. And sometimes you put a Thunderstone near your Eevee and uh, it turns into a Flareon, right? Like everyone knows that these things happen, but I would, I just, the idea that the two things are not actually related uh, is fascinating to me because I, I really uh, never really considered that before. So this has been eye opening. Well, I'm glad to, you know, I'm glad to shed some common misconceptions. I think it's really important. And I think part of this, you know, uh, 
this outreach that we're doing here on this show today is to dispel some of those uh, misconceptions and those uh, antiquated beliefs about how Pokemon work. You know, I, I remember last, you know, the last time we talked, a lot of the questions were actually about eating Pokemon. And like, you know, that's a that's a misconception that I'm glad we were able to finally put to bed. Uh, yeah. I, I, in just the, the few short years since we last spoke, it seems like the the movement on uh, eating Pokemon has really uh, died off significantly. We have not seen it's become uh, truly revealed as the barbaric nature that it has always had. You know, barbaric is an interesting choice of words. I was going to say reviled, you know, but I think I think we're on the same page here. I think either way, we can both agree that it's disgusting and no one should do it. Uh, let's move on to the next question. What's the best way to keep multiple Jolteon happy and producing electricity over the long term? Say hypothetically they were placed in a sort of circuit surrounding someone's house. Again, just a hypothetical, not any neighbor in particular. Thanks, and looking forward to your answer. Energized in Eterna City. You know, that's a great question. I think I think Energized really understands the relationship that humans and Pokemon can have with one another. You know, a lot of my friends who are who are new in the field of uh, Pokemon, you know, social biology have started taking Jolteon out into the field with them uh, to help power the electricity that they use to power their tools and to help, uh, you know, help record as much data as possible. A Jolteon loves producing electricity. You know, that's, that's, it's just natural for him, you know, and for us as humans to ignore one of the things that makes a Jolteon happiest would be really doing a disservice. Uh, it sounds to me like Energized is certainly, uh, you know, looking for a way to be more carbon neutral, which will obviously benefit the environment, uh, you know, surrounding their own house uh, with Jolteon on the grid just sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, it, sounds, um, it sounds like such a great idea, uh, you know, does, to... to to power your own house, you know, what if he lives in a place that's that's cloudy or underground, you know, and he can't use solar energy like, uh, you know, the majority of people should be, uh, you know, a Jolteon is a great option for that. Do, do you find, uh, do you know uh, uh, if the Jolteon, when working in conjunction with other Jolteon, uh, if that... Uh, enhances that process or if, is there something... Uh, socially how do they interact in a group like that sure uh i think that really isn't you know it, it can it can go either way is how i'll how i'll phrase that you know i've known some evs uh who as as pups got along great with other ev you know and then as they started to get older they started to get a little snippier at each other you know a tackle here a quick attack here you know and then all of a sudden They've evolved and, you know, oh, it all makes sense, right? Uh, you know, one of the Eevee will evolve into a Vaporeon and the other a Jolteon. And, well, I mean, obviously they're not going to get along, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of, of like-minded 
evolutions tend to congregate together in packs. And so, you know, if you've got a, a group of Jolteon who really get along with each other, I think I think you can do some really amazing things with electricity generation. Uh, and, you know, the way that I've seen them work together to keep each other's spirits up and play and tumble and roll around, you know, uh, sometimes there are a little bit of, uh, you know, surges, uh, we can say, but I don't think, you know, with enough capacitors that that should be a problem. Excellent. That's very interesting. Do you find that uh, with Eevee in particular, that the evolutionary path that they take, uh, that they, when they evolve, they have much more similar uh, personality types uh, amongst the various evolutions? Well, you know, I always say that every Pokemon is different. You know, uh, you could get 15 Jolteon in a room and I could tell you the funniest one right off the bat. Uh, I just think they all... You know, they all exp uh, express themselves differently, you know, and, uh, you know, you'll see you'll see Jolteons tend to be a lot more outgoing, um, you know, than say, you know, I, I don't. Not now. I don't... I'm recording. I told you I was oh. recording. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. Continue. No, no, I'm sorry. There was uh, something going on here. Don't don't worry about it. Uh, just just continue. Gosh, um, I, I'm sorry. I lost my place. I'm, I'm um, so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I should be, you know, I'm so used to distractions in the field. I just, uh, I wasn't prepared here. No, no, uh, uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm very embarrassed. Uh, wh why don't we move on? Um, <clears throat> is Jolteon envious of the other evolutions or are they envious of other Jolteon gossipy in Geosurge Town? Wow, gossipy. You know, um, I actually think, and this is this is my personal opinion, when you line all the evolutions up, you know, top to bottom, Jolteon is like the Ferrari of Eevees. Personally, again, this is this is personal. I mean, you, you know? have stated that it is your favorite Pokemon, so uh, you might have a That's little personal trying to bias say, here. You know? Right. I may be biased, but I do think the Jolteon uh, is the fastest. It has the, uh, you know, the the most interesting body shape of all of the evolutions. It is the smartest and also the most likely to help you out if you're in the wild and you run across one. Hmm. Now. I, you know, I, I've been out in the field for a long time and I've never been left by a Jolteon when I needed something. That is very interesting. Have you had uh, interactions with these Jolteon in the field that, that where you've been supported and, and, and protected by one? Oh, certainly. You know, uh, the last time I was studying Jolteon, I was actually, uh, I was out just outside of Evergrande City and, you know, in Hoenn, uh, just right there on Route 128. And as I was looking out um, off the cliffs, I looked down and my phone 
was down to 2% battery life. Wow. Right? Wow. If I had run out of battery outside of the city like that, that's a who dangerous, knows what could have happened? Dangerous right? situation. That's, it's dangerous to be in the wild without a lifeline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, up strolls a Jolteon completely out of nowhere. And it just sat there next to me like a sign. You know, it was like a sign that I could harness some of that electricity. You know, it, it didn't say it, but it looked at me and I knew. And so I reached down gently and I slid a couple of, you know, hairs off his collar into the charging point of uh, charging port of my phone. You know, that is, that is incredible. These are the kinds of stories that you can expect to see in the rye horn with the glued on shoes. Uh, Mike's new book, which I absolutely, uh, you must run, don't walk, run and get this book. The rye horn with glued on shoes and other surprising true stories of Pokemon center attendants and their patients. Get it today, folks. Uh, that is all the time we have for this week. Uh, join us again in two weeks when we'll be talking about the Pokemon Smoochum. Uh, you can tweet us at Pokedexpert. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pokedexpert. And you can email us at pokedexpertpod at gmail.com. You know, Mike, uh, tell us how we can get access to your research and, and, and how we can support you. Oh, that's a great question, Anthony. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to plug this one more time. Uh, Again, on my Patreon feed, I do release uh, different levels of information to to different tiers of subscribers, of course. So, uh, you know, make sure to hit up patreon.com slash pokedexpert. Again, that's patreon.com slash pokedexpert. Think of it like short for Pokemon expert. Yes. Okay. Uh, We will see you all next time.